Well, there's so much to talk about here on WGN at 10 minutes after 2 o'clock with any alderman that we happen to have on because there's so much going on in Chicago from the 25th Ward. This is Alderman Byron Cicho Lopez. Alderman Lopez, among your 50, well, 49 colleagues, there are 50 aldermen, I would say these words would resonate with you more than any other alderman. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. I'm saying that because you are the father of not one, not two, but three triplets, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Twin girls and, and a boy, they're about to be one year old. So <laughs> definitely, thank you. I appreciate so, that. So you have four altogether. That's right. That's right. Then we got three um, triplets, and then we got uh, um, two little dogs, so <laughs> full house. Oh, the two little dogs. I love that. So what's a harder job, bringing up the triplets or working at City Hall with 49 other aldermen and a mayor? Well, uh, I tell you, they both have different challenges, I would say. But they're, both, they're both, again, so um, something that we, we enjoyed, especially with my wife. We, we enjoy public service and, of course, a beautiful family and community. Well, you and Mayor Lightfoot were not the best of friends. Uh, you didn't see eye to eye on lots of different issues. And when Mayor Lori Lightfoot said, "I want to be mayor again," you weren't exactly there saying, "Yes, I'm going to. I'm going to back you up." And in fact, Brandon Johnson found you behind Brandon Johnson, who did end up becoming the next mayor for the city of Chicago. And politically, you've kind of benefited by that. You're now a leader at City Hall, I believe. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, voted by the city council in the last uh, meeting as the chair of the housing committee. Uh, and yes, yeah, so we definitely think that many, many people across the city uh, voted for change. You know, it was, it's clear that we couldn't continue the same route. And I'm glad to be part of the, um, the, the Mayor Johnson's uh, leadership uh, uh, team. All right. So I want to talk about something that is related very much to housing, and that is the immigrant issue. Uh, Chicago, right, wrong, or otherwise, the reality is that we do have, and you'll tell me how many, the numbers have been all over the map, but many people coming in and probably more to come that are immigrants in record number, at least for a very long time, uh, the number of people coming in all at once, which we, I would argue, have been ill-prepared for. These poor people are living in police departments on, and they're sleeping on yoga mats if they're lucky. Uh, and there's no shower facilities at most of these police departments. Now, some of that is being changed. But what is the plan for these folks? And I ask you, and I ask you specifically with your perspective, because you yourself, at one point, I mean, you're, you were an immigrant, correct? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, you know, I, I migrated to to the to the years of a minor at seventeen years old still, and um, you know, I do um, uh, relate to the immigrant story, and especially in the global south, um, with many challenges with the global, you know, with global warming, with climate change, and and uh, and unfortunately, uh, many senseless wars that continue to be fought, and the you know the humanitarian crisis. That this represents a certainly a field the you know the, the suffering of people who are caught up in in the in some of these um, uh, agendas and political agendas, especially now is, is you know certainly as of last year starting on August last year, the city started receiving um, um, more refugees and new arrivals um, 
Right now, the number is up to almost 10,000 people who have arrived to, to Chicago and the Chicagoland area um, as refugees and arrivals. Uh, and as I think you, you said, it, you're right. I mean, as I think public, the public can see, the city was was not prepared, even though we had plenty of time, I would argue, since August to now, to at the very least have a plan, at the very least say what the projections that we had. And again, these numbers and the number of people that we were um, projecting that could have arrived is in line with what we knew last year, you know, since at least August, September, um and we have since then urged the previous administration, now we're working with a new administration uh, that has in, in, inherited a, 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 a really unfortunate uh, humanitarian crisis that could have been, uh, I'm not sure if, if it prevented, but I do think that we could have been better prepared uh, to what we see, the tragedy and the inhumane conditions in police stations is definitely the, the doing not only of, of, of Republican governors that are bossing people inhumanely, um, the lack of federal, um, of course, uh, plans and the lack of a coherent uh, federal agenda for immigration reform and the poor international policies that exacerbate uh, the humanitarian crisis is met here in Chicago as a sanctuary city, at least for the previous administration without a plan, even though we knew that Title 42 was going to be lifted. All right. So, so, Lori, so you're saying Lori Lightfoot did not have a plan. The reality is that they're here. So, what do we do now, Alderman? Mm-hmm. And I just want to provide some context because certainly the mayor is met with a tragedy. What we have right now, I mean, at some point there were almost 900 refugees that were in police stations. I think the the, the mayor has proactively worked with, uh, especially the Latino caucus and other. Um, another elected state, uh, county, and now federal uh, elected uh, to bring some uh, some solutions to this problem. So right now, the main thing and the, the most pressing thing is to make sure that families, especially people, are not in police stations, as you mentioned. Um, the number, as of now, is about 500 people still. So the, we are providing uh, at least emergency shelter right now. But we need to make sure that we have a comprehensive plan that the next state uh, so that we don't only provide shelter and housing for the refugees and the arrivals, but to the 60,000 residents in Chicago that currently are still looking for shelter and housing. And that has created some tensions in our communities. But I tell you that the mayor has been proactive in finding solutions right now. We have uh, worked with community colleges and other partners to activate daily college, for instance, where we are planning uh, to relocate, uh, you know, between 350 or 400 uh, refugees and identified other locations where at the very least we will, um, we hope to be able to make sure that families don't have these inhumane conditions in police stations, that we have emergency shelters, and we work towards a transition plan so that we welcome not only 10,000 refugees and arrivals, but also treat with dignity and respect to the 60,000 people in Chicago uh, who are homeless or in a stable housing. All right. A lot there that I want to follow up on. And I also want to talk to you about public transportation. I want to talk about public safety and much more when we come back on WGN. It's 217. Steve Dale on WGN Radio with Alderman Byron Cicho Lopez of the 25th Ward. We're talking about, well, a lot of topics, but particularly all of the immigrants coming into Chicago, a lot of them, and lots and lots of text here, Alderman, uh, and some phone calls uh, wanting to relay this question about relocation in general, specifically 
from the YMCA. I don't know about this. Why don't we let them stay there? Others are asking, why are we bouncing all these people all over the place? That is the nature of the questions. Mm-hmm. No, certainly. And I think that's, that's what we find ourselves when there's no plan and we inherited a situation where um, people ended up in police stations um, and even airports and other places. We do have a housing crisis. We've been in a housing crisis for quite some time. And uh, that's what we are right now urgently working on um, getting more housing, you know, more housing options, more affordable public housing and emergency housing. So I think it's something that's been neglected uh, for for decades in the city. And, and right now, just given the humanitarian crisis, it is unfortunately a, um, a really tragic, difficult situation. What I can assure people is that people are working collaboratively at every level of government right now under the leadership of Mayor Johnson uh, so that we can provide dignified and humane conditions for everyone in the city. The first step, of course, is making sure that people are not in these conditions. I know the YMCA and other uh, partners have a step up to the occasion, including state leaders. So what we see is something is a departure from the previous administration, which is working in collaboration with every entity, working locally to make sure that we don't pitch people against each other or people out there, people after the fact that are happening in South Shore uh, for the repurposing of the public high school. So right now we're working in collaboration with communities. There have been public meetings, identifying new sites. I think that we, we hope that in the next few weeks we'll be able to provide dignified conditions to different police stations, but it's, it's unfortunately um, it's unfortunately a tragic situation that will take some time. All right, so once they are relocated to wherever they are going, what's, what's the plan from there? A great deal, number of these people don't speak English. Uh, many of these individuals, don't, they're not, in fact, I don't believe any of them are allowed to work for quite some time, which I don't completely understand. So what, what happens at that point to these folks? Okay, they, they may be housed somewhere, but then what? So the first step, of course, is making sure that they are not in, in police station. We have minors, kids that are in this, in this situation. Um, that, and it shouldn't be like this. Everybody has to be treated in the entire city with this respect and dignity. So the first time, you know, we, we understand that they, they, they make the need to, um, to come back and restart their lives in a new home. So community colleges is a good partner. That's what Daly and White College um, have been set up as, as one of some of these sites. Um, you know, several hundred pe- people are expected to be relocated temporarily in these locations where they could access uh, English classes, English resources, um, legal support, and so forth. You mentioned another key point, and that's the thing where the federal government must act, not politically, but humanitarily. Yes. I think that we need the federal government, just as we did in situation with Ukraine, where people and, and refugees arrive to the country with protected status, um, but they are allowed to work. Similarly, I think we cannot forget, right? So that's a step that we can do state by the state. The state of Illinois, as a welcoming state, can follow suit. So we're looking at the leadership of uh, Governor Prisker. But separately, we cannot forget about the 11 million people, including DACA recipients, that are still waiting for immigration reform. So next year, as we will have the Democratic Convention here in, uh, in Chicago, we expect to, to mobilize communities for uh, immigration reform that is needed, is, has been delayed for long enough. And this is the time to vote for forward common sense immigration reform and international policy that has stopped this kind of uh, humanitarian corridors that, that get worse and worse by the day. And we work towards humanitarian help and relief instead of these 
budgets that continue to put more money into military budgets instead of humanitarian relief and collaboration. So is there enough money to take care of these people and also operate the city of Chicago? As you know, many residents say, how about us? Mm-hmm. Well, certainly I think that we, we, we have a responsibility uh, to provide uh, to provide spaces for not only uh, new arrivals, but also on housing, mental health, and services for Chicagoans in general. The city of Chicago lost, and because of poor administration, poor lack um, of support and investment in communities, the disinvestment and destabilization of communities like the closure of 50 schools, many of them remain after 10 years vacant. Uh, 50 schools that were anchors for community, we have almost 300,000 people, especially in the black community, that have been displaced. The historic disinvestment and, again, the disinvestment of mental health clinics is, is felt today in the issues of violence and many other issues. What we believe is important is by investing and repurposing in each community based on the needs of communities. These 50 schools can be repurposed in community by community to start addressing the issues of mental health, housing, and so forth. We also believe that it is important for our community uh, to remember that the infrastructure is there. We, we have Steve Dollars, for instance. Steve Dollars in 2019 gave two developers, the Lincoln Yards, and maybe we can talk about the, the casino as well, and the, the related Midwest on the 78, $2.3 billion of Steve money. I do think that there's about $2 billion right now in Steve Dollars, public dollars, that must be invested for housing, mental health, training facilities that Steve allows, so that we invest in infrastructure, including public transportation. I think that we have invested uh, in things that we didn't need in the past, and now we find ourselves with not necessarily with the infrastructure that is needed. But the city of Chicago has enough infrastructure to support new arrivals and hopefully bring back some of the, the residents, especially in the black community, that was being uh, displaced because of the lack of investment in public housing, for instance. So I think there is a lot of work to do ahead, but I truly believe that the new leadership is building a coalition so we can invest in every corner of the city and the resources infrastructure that we need as a city. I do believe that with the support of the federal government, county, and state, we can provide dignified conditions for every Chicagoan. In, 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 in the city. Well, I like the fact that you say these immigrants are now Chicagoans because they're here. I mean, that's personal. Uh, but I, I do like the fact that you're saying that. Uh, a, a different question for you. We were talking about the downtown theater district earlier in the program, and a barrage of text came in and said, I'm not going downtown. I don't feel safe. That's the essence of what they are saying. Uh, how do you reply to that? Because we need our downtown to be vibrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, certainly. I think that we, we for too long, have um, have had a model that, uh, that believe in the trickle-down economic system, but never trickle. We have invested and put even more police officers and more uh, uh, more and more uh, funding in in programs or, or, or areas that um, are not providing the results that the city projected. So I think it's important that the city changes the model. I think Mayor, Mayor Johnson uh, believes in investment in every corner of the city by us investment, especially in young kids, because let's remember, if we talk about carjacking, for instance, one of the one of the things that people are concerned about. You know, we see that the average age of people who have been arrested for carjacking is sixteen years old. I I do not believe that this should be normalized. I do believe that we can do a lot more for kids. In CPS we have between three to five thousand kids that we know we have identified that could be even the next victims or perpetrators of violence. I think the, the time is now to act to bring youth opportunities after school programming in our, 
spark districts in our schools, bring back trades opportunities. Right now we have thousands of vacancies in jobs for construction or manufacturing that we could fill in with local hiring, but yet we continue to allow the structural um, segregation and the structural um, racism to, to mandate and dictate our policies. I think this is the time to transform the city, provide help and support to communities that are suffering, especially in poor communities, investment in, in health and mental health, in housing, that will yield results in the long run so that we don't find ourselves in this kind of position again, seeing the lack of investment, closer right. schools, closer mental health clinics, uh, the root cause of all this. I'm, I'm up against the newscast here, but boy, I have a hundred more questions to ask you, so we'll have to have <laughs> you on another time. I didn't get to most of them. Uh, Alderman Byron, Cicho, Lopez, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it for the time. Thank you. We go to the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom and then the author of a book called Gameness. It's all about landing on your feet when bad things happen.